0: Hi, I'm Jason Vallett with Valley Packing House in of Texas. You're listening to the latest news in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today.
1: Welcome to Texas Ag Today, a daily look at the latest news in Texas agriculture.
2: Hello, Texas. We are locked, loaded, and ready to roll with another edition of Texas Ag Today. So jump on in with me. Buckle up. We're going to take a ride around the Lone Star State as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state in the nation, Texas agriculture. In the news today, spring planting continues to move forward across the state. We've made good progress getting our spring crops in the ground, cotton planting just about on track. We're a bit behind the average pace, but not much. We'll take a closer look at our cotton planting progress here in Texas and nationwide coming up to kick off today's show. My name is Kerry Martin. I'm your host along with the largest and most experienced farm news team in the Lone Star State. And we're all standing by to bring you the latest news in Texas agriculture. From the Piney Woods of East Texas to the Rocky Ranges of the trans pecos and from the Panhandle down to the Rio Grande Valley.
3: Our weather in the Texas High Plains has been pretty harsh for farmers and our livestock producers are being challenged too. I'm James Hunt, and I'll have that story on Texas Ag Today.
4: Farmers and ranchers continue paying escalating prices to raise crops and livestock, including what they pay for diesel. I'm Tom Nicoletti, and I'll have that story on Texas Ag Today. A
5: proposed rule by the Securities and Exchange Commission hurts farmers and ranchers. I'm Gary Joyner, and I'll have those details on Texas Ag Today.
2: We'll have those stories plus Texas wildlife news and a complete look at the markets all coming up. Cotton planting is slightly behind the average pace here in Texas, with 30% of the crop now in the ground. The five year average pace is 33%. Nationwide, cotton farmers are right on schedule, according to USDA meteorologist Brad Rippey. The cotton, 37% planted on May 15th, that equals the five year average, one point ahead of last year's 36%. Really not a whole lot jumps out in terms of the national numbers, except that we finished planting really early in California. 99% of the intended cotton acreage planted by May 15th, well ahead of the five-year average of 83%. One other state showing a big jump in the planting progress this week, and that was Kansas, which is a pretty minor cotton state. But still, a 30-point jump from 11 to 41% planted,
5: well ahead of the five-year average of 16%.
2: Texas corn planting is now 87% done with sorghum planting at 73% complete. Wheat harvest now getting underway here in Texas with 7% of the wheat now out of the field. U.S. cattle industry groups may not always agree on what needs to be done to improve the cattle marketing system. But one thing they can agree on is the need for increased processing capacity. Tanner Beamer, Senior Director of Government Affairs for the National Cattlemen's Beef Association, says there's been a big focus on that issue in Washington recently.
6: We've seen this administration take that on unilaterally. Dusty Johnson with Abby Spanberger from Virginia introduced legislation to uh, provide some federal resources to these entities that want to construct or expand small, regional-facing processing capacity. Uh, Heightened enforcement of this Packers and Stockyards Act was another thing that came out of that uh, Phoenix meeting, and you've seen this administration respond to that through enhanced collaboration between the Packers and Stockyards Division at USDA and the Department of Justice in enforcing that 100-year-old statute. So I think there is a lot of opportunities for uh, reactions to some of these issues facing and challenges, quite frankly, facing cattle ranchers.
2: The major cattle groups came together last year to find common ground and work together on issues like packing capacity and enforcement of the Packers and Stockyards Act. Merck Animal Health has announced a $500,000 donation to Texas A&M for its new Animal Science Reproduction and Biotechnology Center. The new Animal Science Center is expected to be completed in 2023 and will include research labs, educational spaces, animal handling areas, and dedicated research lab space for both academic and industry partner use. Merck Animal Health has a long-standing relationship with Texas A&M and has provided funding and support for veterinary scholarships, internships, and research and development projects. Recent severe storms in the Texas High Plains caused some issues for Texas feedlots, but James Hunt tells us it shouldn't be anything major.
3: In the Texas High Plains, we've certainly had a pretty good dose of severe weather lately, with one particularly troubling episode occurring on the night of May 1st, when powerful winds and large hail moved through the area. As we've reported, there was some damage to wheat, but there was also concern about what that night's event might eventually mean for cattle feeders, as some of the most intense storm activity occurred in the Hereford area, where many feed yards are located. Brady Miller of Texas Cattle Feeders Association says hail injury can be costly if carcasses show marks.
4: Typically what would happen is that if you have a bruise on an animal, when they get to the plant, they'll go in there and they'll trim off the bruised area and then that will go to rendering or wherever that ends up going. And so your yields would be
3: affected. But fortunately, Miller says feed yard operators appear to have avoided major losses from the May 1st event, largely by holding off on shipping to the plants. They've
4: been able to manage those animals and allow those animals to continue to feed in the feed yards and allow those bruises to heal.
3: So a good outcome on that situation. Now, as we move forward, drought remains the biggest weather issue for area livestock producers, especially ranchers. Hemphill County Extension Agent Andy Holloway says having a drought plan in place is crucial. And Holloway says producers can benefit by using the decision-making tools that AgriLife economist Justin Benavides and AgriLife beef cattle specialist Jason Smith helped create. I
7: would suggest that producers
3: connect with their county extension agents and get in touch with Dr. Smith or Dr. Benavides or both. Work through this situation so you don't get caught flat-footed and then have to liquidate because you didn't make enough plans ahead of time. I'm James Hunt on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network.
2: Farmers and ranchers continue to pay escalating prices to raise crops and livestock. Tom Nicoletti visits with one Texas farmer about the inflation challenges. My guest
4: today from Austin County, about 50 miles west of Houston, is Alan Kaminsky. He is a commercial beef, cattle, and hay operator, and uh, he farms and ranches in that region of the state. And Alan, high cost for you and other uh, farmers and ranchers across the state continue to uh, go higher and higher day to day. And uh, let's start with uh, what you're paying for uh, diesel.
8: What I'm paying for diesel, this is off-road farm diesel. I picked up a tank May 16th, $4.56 per gallon. I checked my receipts last year, May 1st, $2.25 per gallon. That's off-road farm diesel. So let's say within one year, that's $2.31 increase. Do the simple math. I carry a 100-gallon tank on my truck, off-road diesel. Last year, to fill it up, $225. May 16th, $456 for 100 gallons of off road diesel. That's $231 more in one year that I'm paying.
4: And how does this impact your bottom line in your pocketbook when you have to pay this much uh, more a year later?
8: Well, it's a big change. It's a big impact because if you go to the livestock market, yes, the prices are up just a little bit. I checked the market. From Saturday, and I may get an extra five cents more per pound when I'm marketing my cattle in a couple of weeks, but that will not offset the increase in the fuel prices.
4: That is Alan Kaminsky. He is a beef, cattle, and hay producer in Austin County. I'm Tom Nicoletti with the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. A proposed rule
2: by the Securities and Exchange Commission hurts farmers and ranchers. Gary Joyner tells how.
5: The Securities and Exchange Commission is a federal agency not normally tied to agricultural headlines. Its primary purpose is to protect investors from unscrupulous business practices. But a proposed SEC rule to require climate disclosures by public companies on Scope 3 greenhouse gas emissions hits farmers and ranchers right on the bottom line. A report by American Farm Bureau Federation economists says the proposed rule could generate substantial Costs and liabilities for farmers and ranchers. That's because farmers and ranchers provide almost every raw product that adds value to a company's supply chain, which the company must report under the proposed rule. The potential impacts to farmers and ranchers are not small. They include potential reporting obligations, technical challenges, significant financial and operational disruption, and the risk of financially crippling legal liabilities. And those reporting requirements could mean to closing private and personally identifiable data. It all adds up to a bad proposed SEC rule for farmers and ranchers. It's agency overreach that must be reined in. I'm Gary Joyner for Texas Ag Today.
6: Researchers are trying to get an accurate count of Axis deer in the junction area. I'm Jessica Dommel. I'll have more on that project and what landowners can do to help coming up on Texas Ag Today
2: and essential oils are being studied to see if they can improve dairy calf health. Texas veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd has more on that coming up next, right here on Texas Ag Today. On the Texas Ag Calendar, livestock producers in the Kerr County area have the Kerr County Ranch Field Day coming up Tuesday, May 24th at the Hill Country Youth Event Center in Kerrville. County Extension Agent Justin Klinsick is with us. And, Justin, what will be happening at the Kerr County Ranch Field Day?
8: I'm gonna start the day out with proper weaning techniques for cattle, sheep, and goats and how that kind of benefits marketability. Gonna discuss impacts of proper grazing and overgrazing. Morgan Livestock Equipment is going to bring in a mobile working pen, and we're gonna to get to do some live cattle handling and demonstrations with that. Dr. Joe Passel is gonna talk about the benefits of pregnancy testing and demonstrate the IDEX Alert Pregnancy Blood Test. Then we're gonna round out the day with Dr. Sonia Swiger from AgriLife Extension, and she's going to talk about parasite control and livestock.
2: The Kerr County Ranch Field Day coming up May 24th. If you need more information, call the Extension office at 830-257-6568. If you would like to have your agricultural event featured here on the Texas Ag Calendar, just shoot me an email, c martin C-M-A-R-T-I-N at txfb.org.
1: We're keeping you informed on everything happening in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. Essential oils are being studied to see if they can improve
2: dairy calf health. Dr. Bob Judd takes a closer look at these studies.
0: Dairy calves are difficult to keep alive in some cases due to lack of immunity and stress from being removed from the cow after birth and fed milk replacer. In the past, some of the calf milk replacers contained antibiotics to help prevent infection, as it is so common in these calves. However, the publication Dairy Herd Management indicated that concern with the development of antibiotic resistance has eliminated low grade antibiotic supplementation in most cases. To aid in increasing immunity and prevent illness, South Dakota State evaluated the use of a combination of essential oil and prebiotic product to add in colostrum or milk replacer. It was hoped these products would increase the calf's immunity and improve appetite to diminish health challenges and stress experienced by newborn calves. The supplements mixed with colostrum or milk replacer contained a blend of oregano and thyme essential oils and Arabinogalactin prebiotics. The study used 61 calves and compared the effects of the supplement delivered with the colostrum, supplement delivered with milk replacer only, and the control group with no supplement at all. The calves were weaned at 42 days and growth of the calves was similar in all groups. Calves-fed colostrum showed higher immunoglobulins, signifying increased immunity. A study in China evaluated a similar product added to calf starter grain, and the supplemented calves had greater dry matter intake and food conversion. Another study out of England showed that calves given liquid oregano had less resistant organisms in their intestinal tract and shed fewer organisms of the intestinal parasite cryptosporidium. I'm Dr. Bob Judd. This is the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network.
2: Researchers are trying to get an accurate count of Axis deer in the Junction area. Jessica Dommel has more on that project in today's wildlife report.
6: Researchers at Texas Tech University are working with private landowners in the Junction area to get a better estimate of how many Axis deer are living in the area in hopes of improving management of the species. The project is an extension of Dr. Matthew Buchholt's dissertation on access deer. Dr. Buchholt says access deer are a significant issue in the area.
7: Herds of several hundred are not that uncommon in that area. Near the South Carolina River State Park, I've personally seen a herd that was probably 300 to
4: 350 individuals.
6: Axis deer can displace native white-tailed deer, destroy habitat, and negatively impact agriculture. Blake Leslie, research coordinator at the Llano River Field Station, says previous surveys of Axis deer likely drastically underestimated how many Axis deer live in the area. That's why they're asking ranch owners for access so they can get a better estimate of the numbers.
2: A big part of that is going to be continuing the spotlight surveys that Dr. Buchholz put in place for us. As part of his research project, he created some very detailed protocols for how we're going to be doing this Spotlight surveys. Initially, nearly all of them were conducted on county roads and we're looking to transition from county roads to surveying on private ranches in the junction area, looking to get a better estimate of the population here and hoping to use that data to be able to improve how we're able to manage these invasive
6: species. Interested landowners can contact Blake Leslie at the Texas Tech campus in Junction. We'll have more on this on our next show. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Dommel. The market gives and the market
2: takes away. Monday was a giving day with higher prices across the board to kick off the week. Wednesday, however, we took a lot of that back. We'll take a look at Wednesday's livestock, cotton, grain, energy, and financial markets coming up next. Keep it right here on Texas AG Today.
9: Break out your camera and snap a pick for the Texas Farm Bureau photo contest. You or someone you know can share your best photo with the entire Lone Star State and maybe win some cash. Like $250 for first place. 200 for second place, and $100 for honorable mention. The contest is open to Texas Farm Bureau members or an immediate family member. Rural settings and lifestyles are the preferred themes for all submissions, and contestants are limited to one entry per person. Top four winners will be selected and published in the July edition of Texas Agriculture and the summer edition of Texas Neighbors. Snap your pick now for the Texas Farm Bureau photo contest. The entry deadline is June 1st. Visit TexasFarmBureau.org for complete contest rules. That's TexasFarmBureau.org.
1: We're giving you the market information you need on Texas Ag Today.
2: It was a lower trade across the board on just about every commodity on Wednesday. Cattle, cotton, and grains all finishing in the red. We'll start with the cattle market where June live cattle dropped $1. 50, $1.50, dollars August down $1.77 at 131 at one thirty one seventy. October live cattle down $1. $1.60, $137.92. May feeder cattle dropped $1. $1.32, $155.85. August feeders down $0.97 cents at one sixty five eighty. September feeder cattle down 77 16845 cash fed cattle market seeing sales at lower money this week so far we've seen sales mostly at 137 to 138 that's 2 to 3 dollars lower compared to last week the online fed cattle exchange sold on Wednesday we had 1864 head offered None of those cattle sold. Boxed beef prices were mixed. Choice up 59 cents, 261.07. Select down $2.19 at 246 even. Now let's check the auction barns. We're walking the pens with J.R. Gully.
3: We we'll go now to Doug Bass of Cattleman's Brenham. Doug, how was the sale last Friday? Had a good sale. J.R. Yeah, we ended up with a thousand and one head of cattle. Market
7: looked darn sure steady all the way around from the week before. You know, I think cattle are selling really strong. Uh, uh, cow, killer cows could have been a tad bit higher, I think, this past week. But again, the calf market looked just like it was solid all the way through.
5: All right, let's walk the pins. Yes, sir. On your weighing cows, thinner lower yielding cows being 33 to 65. Better
7: cows being 68 to 89. Weighing bulls, thinner lower yielding bulls, 68 to 87. Better higher yielding bulls being 90 to 112. Had a few pairs. Pairs being from 7.5 to 1350. Red cows bringing work from 700 to 1400. Cab market, like I said, I thought it looked pretty steady. Bigger cattle could, I think, might have been a little stronger than they were the week before. Uh, two to three weight steers bring 145 to 208. Heifers bring 135 to 210. Three to four weight steers bring 138 to 185. Heifers bring 130 to 225. And I'll tell you, we did have some good replacement heifers that really topped the market too. Uh, four to five weight steers bring 130 to 179. Heifers being 125 to 205. Five to six weight steers being 126 to 178. Heifers being 123 to 230. Six to seven weight steers being 120 to 163. Heifers being 115 to 235. And the seven eight weight steers and bullioners being 115 to 150. Heifers being 112 to
3: 148. All right, Doug. Sounds good. Anything on tap for this Friday?
7: Yeah, so within, guys, we get some cattle in the traps earlier this, you know, today. we've we put quite a few cattle in the traps today. Uh, got cattle together all week. Wednesday, we're supposed to go to a place. The lady's selling out. They got about 100 head. I hadn't looked at the cattle, but I, I imagine we might have some pretty good replacement cows out of there. So, sounds like we have a pretty good sale lined up.
3: I'm J.R. Gully in for Larry Marble, and this has been Walking the Pins, a production of the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network.
2: Thanks, JR. Back over to the futures market now, where lean hogs were one of the few markets to close higher on Wednesday. June hogs up 95 cents, 106.10. July hogs up 77 at 108.52. Class 3 milk was higher also. May milk up 7, 25.09 100 weight. June milk up 17 at 24.76. Big losses in the cotton market on Wednesday, fears of a global recession and a big fall in the Dow, both weighing heavy on the cotton market on Wednesday. July cotton dropped 399 points to close at 144.47, October down 296 points, 136.05, December cotton down 318 at 129.18. Same story in the grain markets. Of course, wheat has been the highlight this week. We were sharply higher on both Monday and Tuesday. In fact, the hard wheat market hit the highest price ever on Tuesday. But following that, we saw a sell-off in the wheat market that pushed corn prices lower. Also, July corn down nineteen and a quarter, seven eighty-one and a half. September corn down nineteen and a half at seven fifty three and a quarter, December corn down twenty and a half at seven forty and a quarter. And as we mentioned, that sell off in the wheat market, July Kansas City wheat down forty-three and a quarter, thirteen twenty-four and a half, July Chicago wheat down forty-six and three quarters at twelve thirty and three quarters. In the energy markets, June natural gas up a penny, eight thirty-two, June crude oil down three sixty. 108.80 a barrel. And a big sell-off in the financial markets Wednesday afternoon. The Dow was down 1,245 points at 31,415. The NASDAQ down 581, 11,402. The S&P down 172 points, 3,915. That wraps up our look at the markets, and that wraps up this edition of Texas Ag Today. I'm Kerry Martin. Hope to see you back here next time as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state on the planet, Texas agriculture.
1: Thanks for listening to Texas Ag Today. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. For more Texas Ag news and information, check out our website at texasfarmbureau.org